0: And welcome. I'm Bill English, the publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. If this is your first time here, I'm very grateful that you've dropped by to take a look at one of the episodes here for Bible and Business. If you're a subscriber, thank you for coming back and continuing to learn about what the Bible has to say about running and owning a business. Uh, This is the fourth episode in a seven part series on christian stewardship this content is taken from the third chapter in my book a christian theology of business ownership an introduction for christian entrepreneurs on what the bible has to say about owning a business but you know what before we get started though today i'd like to have you head over to my website bibleandbusiness.com where i have some articles and podcasts and some other resources for those who own and run businesses In addition, you'll be able to download the slides in PDF format for this episode today. So today's agenda, we're going to look at the fourth fourth of five foundations of Christian stewardship, and we're going to camp out in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 20, and then we'll draw some lessons from there. So our fourth foundation for Christian stewardship is this. God gives us the ability to create wealth. And I summarize it this way. Stewards know and understand their talents and abilities are given to them by God, so they abide with God instead of arrogantly acting as if they are the source of all their abilities and successes. So once stewards of what God has entrusted to them become successful in in worldly terms, there is going to be a temptation for them to say, I did this on my own. And what I'm going to suggest today is that since God gives us the ability to create wealth, we have no place to become arrogant about our successes, whatever they are, nor do we have any place to drift away from God and to say, I did this on my own. So let's dive in here just a little bit more. This is Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 11 through 20. I'm just going to read this for us. When you have eaten and are satisfied, this is Moses, by the way, talking to the children of Israel as they're getting ready to enter the promised land. Praise the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day otherwise when you eat and are satisfied when you build fine houses and settle down when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and your gold increase and all you have is multiplied then your heart will become proud and you will forget the lord your god who brought you out of egypt out of the land of slavery he led you through a vast and dreadful wilderness that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and detest you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms His covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God so what can we learn first of all prosperity can weaken our resolve to depend on God Let's go back to the passage for just a moment. You may say to yourself, I'm about a little over halfway down here, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant. Prosperity can weaken our resolve to depend on God. Why? Because we don't need God, or so we think, right? We, we look at what we have. We have our homes, we have our cars, we have our wealth, we have health care, we have freedom in this country, America. We have a lot of things. And, we, and, and the felt need for God uh, to save us, to supply for our everyday needs, that kind of thing, those needs kind of go way down. Those felt needs go way down. And so that weakens our resolve to depend on God. But what Moses is really is instructing the children of Israel here, and us as well, is that our faithfulness to God needs to be just as strong during the good times as it is during the bad times. You'll often find that that some Christians, when the bad times come, they become very close to God. They are praying a lot. They're reading the Word. They're depending on God. But as things in their life progress and get better and better, well, their dependence on God kind of kind of wanes. They kind of drift. And what we find is that they're faithful to God really only during the bad times. But during the good times, again, they don't need God. They've got a pretty good life. And so in the end, uh, their faithfulness is kind of spotty. It's kind of hit or miss. Another thing that we learn here is that whatever opportunities and ideas, whatever connections and education we might have that has contributed to any kind of success that we have, this is directly and solely the result of the generosity of god you know when i stop and look at my life i'm 60 years old right now at the time of this recording i was born in indiana um, spent a year in california and then have spent the last 30 years here in minnesota i have two master's degrees and i who knows i may go back and get another degree i don't know but i have a very good job and a very good life i have a good wife and good kids I wasn't born in Haiti I wasn't born in the slums of Calcutta I wasn't born with a permanent physical defect even the very fact that I'm able to do what I do in the land that I do it in is is really the result of God's generosity and to my way of thinking that just raises the bar on how much I need to steward what he has given me to whom much is given much is required so the bar gets raised for guys like me for people like you potentially um, who um, who have a pretty good life the bar gets raised on on what is required from us in terms of stewardship before the lord so remember prosperity can weaken our resolve to depend on god our faithfulness to god has to be not just for the good times or bad times but for the good times as well And anything we really have in life is directly and solely the result of the generosity of God. I will submit here that the real challenge of affluence is not hoarding versus philanthropy, although that is a challenge. It is remaining dependent on God versus becoming independent from him or of him. We live in America today, we live in the most affluent generation in the most affluent country at the most affluent time that this world has ever seen there has been no other generation or country in the history of the world that is as affluent or convenienced as we are here in america today and I, and and you can see how far we have drifted from god in 250 years The real challenge of affluence is not hoarding versus philanthropy. It is remaining dependent upon God versus becoming independent of him. So what does all this mean? First, we have no room to be arrogant about our talents or abilities or gifts. If it is God who gives us the ability to create wealth, then we have no room to be arrogant. We we should instead be grateful. We should be very grateful for the generosity of God, that he has given us our talents. He has given us our abilities. He has given us our opportunities. It's not luck that has created these things for us. It is God. God has given these things to us, not luck. Secondly, whatever wealth we have comes from God's generosity. So, for example we do not turn away from those who want to borrow from us we use our wealth to better others lives we are generous with our wealth we are generous with our church we are generous with others who need help and there is plenty of need to go around our ability to build large homes fine homes and have lots of lots of toys and those kinds of things Those things um, are given to us by the generosity of God, and he expects us to use them to better the lives of others. So instead of building the fine homes and buying all the toys, we take our money and we deny ourselves a little bit, and we help our fellow man. Thirdly, our dependence is in God, not in our business or investments. Our wealth can go away like that. Proverbs is very clear that wealth is fleeting. Wealth can come and wealth can go, and I personally think that in the future this country is going to have a significant financial collapse, which will wipe out most of the wealth in this country. It will go away in the matter of days, if not weeks. And so I look at this and I say, you know what? Our dependence ultimately needs to be on God for what we need in life, our substance, our sustenance. for what we need just to make it through a day our dependence needs to be on god it should not be in our businesses or our investments those things are entrustments from god to be used for his glory and to fulfill his agenda they really don't belong to us so in our covenant relationship with god we remain faithful to him in part by intentionally remaining dependent on him So the lessons we've learned so far in this series on uh, the foundations of Christian stewardship, the first foundation is God owns everything. He really does. And therefore, everything we have is an entrustment from the Lord. Good stewards get to know their masters well. and, And the real application there is that we as Christian stewards should really get to know the heart of God and the mind of God very well, not just by reading the Bible, but by also learning to hear his voice and to draw close to his heart. And lastly, let's remember, this is the fourth out of five now, it is God who gives us the ability to create wealth. Therefore, we should be very grateful for the generosity of God in our lives that he's even given us the ability to run and own a business or run and own a company and create wealth and employ others. It's a huge, huge privilege to be a steward of Jesus Christ. In our next episode, the fifth part, the fifth foundation of Christian stewardship, we're going to look at the issue of contentment. You'll want to come back for this one. That's going to be, um, it's going to be a good episode. I'm Bill English, publisher here at Bible and Business. I want to thank you for joining me today. Uh, If you ever want to get a hold of me, you can always email me at bill at bibleandbusiness.com. I look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, go out and make it a great day. Take care.